0: You are listening to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast, and this is episode number 54. Welcome to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about creative people leveraging their brilliance to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com. Backslash Podcast Hey star chasers, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance. I am your host Monique Malcolm, and the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast is a show for aspiring creatives, side hustlers, brilliant bosses who want to turn their ideas into income. And we do this every single week with inspiring interviews from amazing creative entrepreneurs with all types of diverse backgrounds and I jump on the mic alone and I do solo shows where I share my own journey. I share strategies. I let you know what's going on, what what real entrepreneur life is like. And today we have another guest. But before we jump into today's episode, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by the Visionary Journal. The Visionary Journal is a day planner with vision encompassing everything you need to successfully achieve your goals. It seamlessly blends goal setting a vision board, planning your day-to-day, and monthly review to help you get from idea to done. So it's the total packet in one planner. And if you want to learn more about the Visionary Journal, if you want to take a peek at it and see how it looks on the inside, you can learn more and get a copy by visiting visionaryjournal.co. Okay, now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's talk about today's guest. I have Kimberly B. Cummings on the show, and Kimberly is a seasoned career and leadership development expert who is passionate about helping women and people of color position themselves for success. She is the founder of Manifest Yourself, a career and leadership development company that provides in-person and virtual workshops, trainings, coachings, and resources for people who are looking to lead dynamic career and lives. Kimberly is my guest today on how to create a career that you love. Because guess what? Even though I believe everyone should have some type of additional income stream, I don't necessarily believe everybody needs to become a full-time entrepreneur and join this hustle and bustle and grind. That's not for everyone and it doesn't have to be. So I just thought, wow, who can I bring on the show that can talk about careers and give some advice and really get people on a good foot if they are feeling like They have a good career path, but they don't quite know how to step that up. And Kimberly was the first person I thought about. So I'm really excited to have her on the show today. She shares a lot of really great gems about careers, professional development. She gave some really great insightful information about finding a mentor. So if you are someone who is on the career path and you just want to have a side hustle, or maybe you just listen to this show and you have a career that you want to be better in and feel more excited about, I think this is a really good episode for you. So grab your pen, grab a notebook, and let's dive in. Hey, Kimberly, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I am super excited to have you on the show today, and I feel like I say this every show. I'm excited every time I have guests on the show (laughs) because it really is a privilege to talk to people and have them take time out of their day, but this show I feel like is extra special because we're going to be talking about careers, and I know on this show we talk a lot about creative entrepreneurship and building a business and the whole spectrum, but The show is called Pimp Your Brilliance, and sometimes you need to pimp your brilliance in a career or corporate world, and Kimberly is going to be our expert on this, and we've been talking quite a bit about fear, and I think career, changing career, advancing in careers is something that people are afraid of, so I'm really, really excited that Kimberly is taking time to talk to us about this today. So, Kim, let us know who you are. Give us a little bit of your backstory.
1: All right, so my name is Kimberly B. Cummings. I'm the founder of a company called Manifest Yourself, which is career and leadership development for women and people of color. Um, But in addition to being an entrepreneur, I'm still a professional in the nine-to-five space. So I've been building a career in career counseling and coaching. So for the past eight years, um, I've worked in several higher education institutions, mostly Ivy League schools, helping students and alumni really navigate the world of work and most recently, I moved into a diversity recruitment manager role for a Fortune 500 company where I really manage making sure that our hiring leaders are looking at diverse talent to fill any open roles that they have. So when I say that I'm in career leadership development, it's through and through. It is my business. It is my nine to five. It is my free time. <laughs> I'm very immersed in the personal and professional development world as it relates to career development for women and people of color.
0: Yes. And y'all, she is a career woman with a side hustle. And I think yeah. that this is perfect because you can have both. You don't have yeah. to choose. <laughs> <laughs> you do not have to choose. I I really, really encourage people to keep your job as long as possible. And I don't, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't feel like I always do a great job of that saying like, oh, you don't have to quit your job, but Honestly, I don't think that full-time entrepreneurship is for everyone. And that's not a bad thing. But I do think that everyone can have some extra income streams. We're going to dive into this a little bit with Kim and see how she runs her business behind the scenes while also maintaining her career. Because, I mean, it sounds like you have a pretty challenging career.
1: I do. I am very, very busy. (laughs) But I make it work.
0: All right. So we're going to talk about that. To get us started, I want to talk about some of the work that you do with clients. So I know that figuring out a next career move can be challenging. What are some things that you hear from your clients? What are some things that they have mentioned that have held them back from making this move on their own?
1: So really, most of the time, it's about fear. It's about knowing and understanding the devil that you have and not wanting to go out and try something new because you're not quite sure how that new industry is going to be, that new Place of employment, your new colleagues, people are just afraid most of the time to make that move and step out on faith when you're not a hundred percent sure what that could even look like for you. So I definitely work my clients with the process of: Is this enough? when you talk about career transitions? Do you need to get a new job? Do you need to reinvigorate your current job? Do you need to get promoted? Or do you need to leave and change industries? Like there's so many different ways to transition into something different. Sometimes it doesn't just mean like you have to jump ship and get another job because I'm really big about being intentional. Um, I have a framework called the next move, best move framework that I work through my clients with really making sure that your next move is your best move. You never want to leap and end up in the same situation you're currently in.
0: Oh, that's a really good point um, about looping and ending up in the same um, position that you currently in. I think sometimes, and as I mentioned before to Kim, before the call started, I don't actually have a lot of uh, work in the corporate. I worked like one year in an insurance company. I did two years of teaching, and then I did a bunch of odd jobs as I started this company. Um, And that's a story for another day. But the reason I bring that up is I have found or I found in my own personal journey during those years when I was doing those odd jobs, I kept on putting myself back into jobs that I hated and things Mm -hmm. that I already I left a job, an odd job like this that I hated already. And I put myself back in that same place. And I think a lot of us kind of tend to do that. It's like, okay. I know that I can work at a call center and it'll be fine. And we keep going back to call centers. But let's be honest, every single call center is the same. <laughs> They're all the same. <laughs> and yeah,
1: so... it's, just, it's terrible. It's just like dating. I think it's the same thing. I think when you see a woman or a man who is consistently replicating their past relationship. People do the same exact thing with jobs because everyone loves the new feeling of the new job, which is just like falling in love. Everything's amazing. Everything's new and fresh and exciting. But then when you get to the heart of it, if you didn't take the time to do the work beforehand, you just repeat the cycle. Yep.
0: (laughs) And then you're back here trying to figure out why do I hate this? And uh, what am I going to do next? Don't do the same thing again. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk a little bit about personal branding, because I know that's something that you're big on. You're really great with your own personal brand. Before I, well, before you tell us about personal branding, how do you define a personal brand, especially in a corporate setting?
1: So in a corporate setting, I think it's important to identify yourself by more than just the company you work at. So for me, and some people think it's a little cocky, but I normally start a lot of my presentations by saying, my name is Kimberly B. Cummings, who happens to work at XYZ organization. But Kimberly B. Cummings is her own package. I come with a unique set of skills, experiences, and abilities that I can infuse into any organization that is not defined by the name or the title or Any of those things that the employer, quote unquote, gives me. So I think it's being clear on who you are and how you market yourself and what are you able to bring to any organization that you work with, regardless of where you are.
0: And if somebody were saying, you know, somebody starting to the ground floor and a lot of the people who listen to this show are beginners. If somebody were to say like, okay, I get it. I think I need a personal brand. How do they begin to start building their personal brand?
1: So the first thing I like to do with my clients is really get clear on what they like, what they don't like, what their values are when it comes to the world of work, and then also what their peers are saying to them. So many times when I take on -on one-on-one clients, I ask if they're able to bring me their last performance appraisal or any feedback that they've had from past supervisors or colleagues to get clear on the trends that you see when you're thinking about your personal and professional brand. So for me, when someone's asking me about uh, who is Kimberly becoming when it comes to the world of work, one of my favorite interview questions is, what do your peers or your colleagues say about you? So what they say about me most of the time is that, Um, I love public speaking. I love facilitating and training on content. I am great at building out a strategy and a framework and then executing to the T. And then I also know the negative side. So for me, I can work well in ambiguous situations, but I can do it best if I know what the end goal is. You can put me in the mud of whatever situation is happening, whatever organization, but I really like to hear what is the key objective that I need to navigate through the mud to figure out, to make a clear route or strategy to get there. So I think when you're looking at your career, you have to think about uh, what are your skills, what are your interests, what do you don't like, and what do people acknowledge you for? And that's really the start of figuring out what your professional brand is.
0: And as far as personal branding tools, I mean, a lot of people have resumes or they know that they should have a resume. Are there other tools or documents (laughs) that they should consider maybe investing in or like small things that they can do beyond just having a resume?
1: So I think it definitely depends on the career that you're in. I think the resume is the baseline for every professional. If you're interested in academia, then you definitely need to work on getting a CV, a curriculum vitae instead. Um, I'm a big proponent of having cover letters, but a lot of these things can start, you can start customizing them once you're clear on the next move you're going to make, because there's no use in building out a resume, a CV, putting together a portfolio, building out a website. You don't really need any of those things until you're clear on what your next move is going to be. I think the self-discovery piece is huge. Um, And having a resume. I tell everyone who I work with when we start going through documents that Give me the resume that just documents everything you've done. I don't really care about your formatting. I don't really care about the order of things. It'd be great if it was at least in a uh, chronological order or reverse chronological, but at least have a resume that documents every experience that you've had. So then when we start to think about making career transitions, we can tailor that document to fit the unique experience that you're going for.
0: Oh, I love that. Pretty and concise. You mentioned something that I think is a really big question that some people in my audience have. And I know I've been asked this question specifically. You talked about like, what is your next career? What is your next step in your career path? How does someone start to identify what that next step is outside of starting a business? Because I know that's kind of like everybody's fallback. I'll just start a business. But what what if you know that's not the thing that you need to do?
1: So you're saying if the person knows that, that the business isn't the thing they need to do? Yeah. Or they're just not sure what any step is.
0: Oh, uh, if they know, like, if they're just, I don't, they're not ready to start a business, they don't want to, how do they identify their next career path or next step to their career path?
1: Hmm. And this is a very frequent question that I get. And the biggest thing that needs to happen is really taking time to assess what your personal values are. And what do you want? I think entrepreneurship is sexy, right? I feel (laughs) like even on my Instagram feed, All I see are influencers and business owners. They're going on these trips. They're working on the beats. They have all this flex time. But I know you can probably attest to that moment when your website crashed and you're up till 3 a.m. trying to fix something or fix some (laughs) code and you're crying, trying to get someone across the world to fix it for five dollars on Fiverr. Because you have bills you got to pay. No one shows the un- unpretty parts of entrepreneurship a lot online. Um, So I think you really need to do the same things that people do when they're about to start a business. So when you want to start a business, you really have to think about what is your idea? Who is your target market? What is your focus going to be? What's the product you're going to sell? But on the professional side, you have to think about it the same way. So what would make you happy in this next role? What do you want to focus on? What opportunities and experiences do you want to have? And then do your research on what avenue is the best place for you to achieve this. And by avenue, that could be a company, it could be an industry, it could be investing in going back to school or a course or professional development or training to make sure that you're in line with whatever that next step is. Um, When we talked about people getting unhappy and really repeating the cycle, that's what happens when you just go too fast, when you just take a jump. You have to really take a little bit of time to do some self-assessment. You could take some formal assessments. Like I love the strong interest inventory. There's MBTI, there's all those things. But I think outside of all those assessments, you really have to take some time to get clear on what's going to make you happy in this next role and i also tell my clients don't think about your next move as your final move it definitely needs to be your best move to date but don't think about okay i can stay in this next role for five to ten years i tell my my clients to really think about things in one to maybe two year increments So when I was building my career in the career advising space in higher education, I knew in order for me to become a director in this space, I needed to slowly but surely add skills on. So my first job gave me the basics and fundamentals of career coaching. I finished my master's degree in that job and I got very comfortable working with a diverse range of professionals. I say that I work with everyone outside of lawyers and doctors. I could probably do law. But I don't really have a lot of clients who are in that space. So I say everything else besides lawyers and doctors. And in the next role, I knew that in career advising offices, there's also an employer side. So I need to dig deeper into the employer side. So my next job, I really worked in that employer space and also added out a lot of work with alumni and fine-tuned programming and analytics, because these are things that directors need to have. In my final role in higher education, before I jumped ship and came to um, the corporate world again... I was able to work on building a team and being an effective manager because I knew that I would not be able to be a director without real, true management experience and having a focus and building out a strategy that I had to build out, implement, execute with a team. So each move that I made was strategic. So when you're thinking about your next move, think about what what kind of road this will put you on and what path will it put you on? And would you be happy? continuing to build in this area. But don't think about five, ten years. Just think about one to two years and what you need in that time frame.
0: You know, I I love that piece of advice that you just offered, uh, just thinking about one to two years, because I think a lot of times we do kind of think about, okay, I'm going to do this is my 10 year plan and I'm going to do this thing. And it's and let's be honest, some of the jobs that are out there, they're disappearing or companies aren't as loyal as they once were. And I think we need to kind of shake this I don't know if it's a stigma or if it's just old advice that you got to stay at a company for an extended period of time. And I don't think that that's necessarily the case. And isn't it like the case that if you actually change careers a bit more often, I'm not saying job hop, but change careers a bit more often, you earn more money.
1: So I think when you change your role and you move to different companies, when you stay within a company, it is very rare that you'll probably get more than a three to five percent increase unless there is a drastic change in responsibilities and maybe your department. So when you move to different companies, it's much more likely that you'll be able to get salary increases. So for instance, looking at my own career and the career of many of my clients, most of the time when I'm able to help a client move from one job to another job, so a brand new employer, we're able to at least negotiate an additional five figures to their salary. Sometimes multi-five figures if there's really a big change in their responsibilities or the industry where they're really realigning with what their strengths are but it's rare that you're going to get that much of an increase staying in your current your current role and just getting promoted to the next title
0: all right so there you go if you i'm not saying job hop but if yes, you, think you job need job more <laughs> money <laughs> you may want to consider the role at another company and negotiating a better salary so there you go <laughs>
1: yes indeed
0: Okay, so I want to I wanna get a bit real here because the point of this episode is thinking about creating a career that you love or starting to love your current career. And this is something that Kim and I talked about before this episode started. As she mentioned before, entrepreneurship is sexy. If you let your Instagram feed tell it, everybody is living their best lives on a beach, sipping mimosas for breakfast and mm-hmm. brunch all day long. And I'm going to tell you, that is a lie. I literally live 10 minutes from the beach. 10 minutes. <laughs> I can ride my bike there. <laughs> I really could. It's down the street. But even I don't spend that much time at the beach. And I love it. It's my happy place. But I just don't have time. I don't have time to go to the beach every single day. So those people who don't even live close to beaches, I'm telling you, that's not their reality. They're not at the beach every day. Trust me when I tell you this. Mm-mm. <laughs> so if you're in a space where you have a career and it is decent you know there's a path that could be followed there but you hate it what advice do you have for somebody who's in that space kim where they have a job but they don't love it but maybe they could start to love it
1: mm good 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 question um so I have probably five tips that I can give. I'm working on a blog post where I'm talking about this. So you're lucky you're going to get the preview preview. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing, number one, is you have to find out why you're frustrated. Like the exact reason why you are frustrated. So is it because your boss is nagging you and they're a micromanager? Do you have too much work? Are you bored? What is it that needs to change in order for you to be more happy in that environment? Because when you just start jumping around you didn't get clear, you could end up in that same situation again. And then the second thing I always say is that sometimes when we're in a role and we just feel like we've been there for too long and we want more time at home or we just want more work-life balance or work-life integration like Shonda Rhimes says, Consider seeing if you can get a flexible work arrangement. So I'm very big on having one to two days a week where I'm able to work from home. It's changed my work life balance exponentially exponentially to the point where now I don't think I would really consider a job that did not offer at least one day where I'm able to work from home. So in my new role um, in this diversity recruitment manager, we always work from home on Fridays and I'm working on getting one additional day once I get a little bit more settled in the role. And that allows me so much more time and flexibility. And I have a home office, so it really helps me appreciate the role that I have because it gives me a little bit more time not to be on a train. My commute is 90 minutes to two hours each way right now. Ooh, Yes. (laughs) So So getting that time back alone helps me so much because I'm leaving my house by like at least 645 to get there by like 839, at least sometimes earlier. Um, So when I'm able to work from home, that also gives me time to continue to working on my side hustle. So I can log back on and start working at the same time. If not earlier, I'll normally end up working longer hours when I work from home, Um, but I get more time on my side hustle versus commuting on the train every single day. Um, The third thing I say is many times, I see so many professionals who just go to work and go home, go to work and go home, go to work and go home. I always say that you should immerse yourself in a professional community. Um, Some of my favorites are like Elevate Network, Jopwell has great events, National Sales Network. I used to be very involved in higher education things. So the Eastern Association of Colleges and Employers, the National Association of Colleges and Employers, there are hundreds if not thousands of professional organizations. Um, I have a list right now that I'm working with at my job to start recruiting from. But there are so many. When you get involved in a professional organization, it allows you to expand your skills and network so that the next time you make a job, a job. Look- like Little Hop, you know a little bit more about the organization you're going to. I don't recommend anyone goes into an organization cold. You really need to find someone who you can get some insider information. And when you expand your network by joining a professional organization, um, it helps in so many different ways. You can also take on new projects and really expand your skills if you feel like you're not getting all the skill development you need at your current job. Um, Number four some people don't like this one, but I always say volunteer for a project that helps you. So in number three, I said that you should get involved in professional organization. You could do more projects, but maybe you, you just need to get things done in the confines of your nine to five day. You can work on building your skills by volunteering for projects at your current job. If there's a new team developing, if there's a new project, a new event, um, a new tech that's launching, I'm very big on trying to get some skills in my full-time job too that will help me in the next job. So I'll volunteer. You have to be a good performer in your current job in order to volunteer, but it's a great way to expose yourself to new skills that could also potentially lead to a promotion because you're showing yourself as being a great team player. And then last but not least is a very simple one, but I think a lot of us forget is to start taking breaks during your workday. Make sure that you're taking a full lunch, whatever lunch you're allotted, whether it's 30 minutes, 60 minutes. Um, I'm personally not a smoker, but when I feel that I'm getting a little bogged down at the job, I start taking quote unquote smoke breaks. I'm going to take a 15 minute walk around the building, go downstairs to the lobby, go back up to my floor just to refresh my mind. And I'll use a Pomodoro technique to really work in like 15 to 20 minute increments to knock out some tasks. And then I'll reward myself after doing that two or three times to go take a little walk, refresh my head and really get back in the game. But that was a long winded answer. (laughs) But there's a lot of different things that you can do to really start reinvigorating your work. Um, And if all else fails, then it's really time to start looking for a new job.
0: And I, it wasn't a long way to answer. The answer was perfect. I think you highlighted several really great tips that people can try. And I really love. Take a break. Take your vacation time, people. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I'm i in this group um, for this event that I attended last year. It's a, I went to this, was it Compact Camp? It's Feminist Summer Camp for Grown Women. And the number of women in that group who have like obscene amounts of vacation time. And I'm like, what do you plan to do with it? And everybody just feels like, well, I I can't really take it right now because. And Mm -hmm. all I can think about is, but you earned it. So why not take it? But
1: Oh, yeah. I think when it comes to vacation time, like that creativity time that you get out of just being logged off work. And when you take vacation, please don't check. Don't check your email. Don't check your phone. Like, leave that stuff at home. Really be off the grid so you can reinvigorate and pour into yourself. There's companies now where they quote unquote give you unlimited vacation time. The reason why they give you unlimited vacation time is because you end up taking less. Studies show that companies that give you a defined amount of days versus companies that say unlimited, the unlimited folks take less vacation. But on the other side, you also don't get paid out for it at the end. So when I just left my current employer, um, I was taking vacation, but I still had a lot um, that I had accumulated, so I actually got paid out for it, which was really, really nice. But take your vacation time, y'all. Like I tell everyone and some people don't like this either, but I'm like most people are not caring cancer. We are not saving human beings. Our work can wait till the next day. Like it's okay to take time off no matter how urgent people think things are in most of our professions, you can take some time and you will come back and that fire will still be there or who knows, maybe they would have figured out how to solve the problem and get it done. And you can just slide back in after you get back from your great vacation with your friends and family.
0: (laughs) Yes. 100%. Yes. Take your vacation. If you take nothing else from this episode, take your breaks, take your vacation, drink your water. Boom.
1: Yes. And a little wine. (laughs) And a little wine. (laughs) Okay.
0: Well, you mentioned, I don't think we've hit on this yet, but you mentioned when you were going through your five tips about professional uh, development organizations. But what about just some tips for starting to focus on professional development? Say you're at the, again, we're beginners here. We're just all of this career path moving out into different areas is is new, how do we even begin to start thinking about or working on professional development, just like on a base level?
1: Okay, so I think professional development, number one, is so, so essential. Because in order to move up in any career, in order to get promoted, you have to develop yourself as a professional. And we can't just wait for a corporation or our employer to deem us ready to invest in ourselves, to send us to a conference, to do these things. Um, So a fun fact about myself that I always share that people are very shocked about is that for more than 75% of my career, I paid for my own personal and professional development. This means I paid for conference fees. I paid for flights. I paid for um, transportation, cars, everything. And I mean, going to a conference, I think at least runs people around $1,500 most of the time. Um, and that's on the conservative side, because I know I paid a lot more than that. <laughs> um, but on the conservative side, around 1500 if it's local, you're not hopping on anybody's plane. Um, because I knew that I needed to expand my network and develop skills to help me stand out as a high performer at my job. So I think if you look at your day-to-day job and you feel like there's an area that you wish that you were more developed in or you see that developing skills in this area would assist you in moving forward, start to look to find organizations or even to find a really great mentor who can assist you. Because having a mentor who really works with you, that also counts as professional development as well. It's really anything outside of your nine-to-five job that helps develop you and helps you infuse more skills back into your job. It doesn't have to be a million-dollar conference that you go to. It could be reaching out to a potential mentor and asking for help, asking for feedback, um, and taking the time to implement that and learn from that scenario. So, for instance, when I first started interviewing for director-level jobs in higher education, one of the first things I did was I started getting back in contact with people who I've met at conferences over the past few years who were at director level just to make sure that I was prepared for the interview process. Being in career development, uh, one of my favorite things to talk about is interviewing because no matter how much someone puts you on to the job, if you can't interview, you're not going to get the job. Um, So I love, love talking about interviewing preparing candidates. So I'm not nervous about presenting myself, talking about my ideas and my skills. But the higher level you go in any field, really, you have to start presenting strategy and outlining next steps of what changes you will make to an organization. And that I knew I needed some help with. So my mentors went through my entire slide decks and provided so much feedback and insight that I never would have even thought of because I just wasn't prepared for that style of interviewing. And that's just from a mentor alone. But when you go to conferences or even um, like Elevate Network, it's a, I believe it's an international women's network. They do even little evening events, like two hours events. I served as a mentor on one for new managers where I literally sat at the table and people were able to come around and ask questions about um, how do you become a manager? What are the skills that you need to be an effective manager? How do you fire your first person? Um, how do you have self care? How do you get your work done? when you're also managing a team and you still have projects for yourself. So there's so many little events around most most big metropolitan cities that you can attend to really start thinking about the world of work a little bit differently and help you infuse more creativity and more strategy into whatever level of role that you're currently in.
0: Oh, you just made me. I have so many questions now after everything that you just said. <laughs> but let's start at the top. First one. I know that you read a lot of professional development books what are your favorites or like must reads that you would recommend to someone
1: oh gosh um and the funny thing is um well a i think my memory is not that great (laughs) so (laughs) i recently started a book club out of my home because i wanted to start connecting with people um on things outside of business and outside of my work um so i've been reading like more storybooks for the first time in a long time Okay, but you need to I call can... me. I love a good story. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Cause I was like, when you read too many business books and you read over time, over time, over time, you just get overwhelmed. And then you feel like you're not doing anything with your life because you can't implement all these things and your business sucks. So I was like, I need to read about somebody else's life that has nothing to do with mine <laughs> or my business. So, But I will say in reference to business books, um, I really love to read about mindset because when it comes to business, professional development, careers, I think having a great mindset is probably one of the most essential things that people don't talk about. It's not necessarily about skills. Um, so a lot of times, honestly, I'm reading a lot of Jewel Austin and T.D. Jakes. And know some people may think that they're a little corny um, in the personal development section, but I love Um, just learning how to speak positivity over yourself. I have a set of affirmation cards that I created just so I can use for myself. Um, I also love The One Thing, I believe it's by Jay Papasan, um, kind of talking about how to focus in on one thing. Because I believe, especially for professionals, if you're like, oh my gosh, I need to learn how to be a manager, learn how to use Microsoft Access to do advanced level reports, join 10 committees, You are going to be mediocre at all of those things and people who get promoted are excellent. They're not mediocre. So you have to focus and really work on developing one thing until you feel like you're a master at it and you can train someone else on how to do it and then add on a skill. I think the one thing was really a great book on that. And I feel like I have more, but I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at my bookshelf and I'm probably going to send you and maybe you can add it to the show notes because I know I have more but my mind is drawing a blank because I'm reading like James, I think it's James Baldwin of Beale street could talk right now. And I just read um, the perfect fine by Tia Williams. So I've been reading completely non business or professional books for a little bit just to free up some space.
0: <laughs> no, I totally get that. all right. So if you do that, I'll definitely add those to the show notes. Um, Oh, you mentioned mentors. I know sometimes people have questions about that. Any quick tips, hacks to how you can get somebody to mentor you or find a mentor?
1: Yes, I think, so last night I went to an event from Jopwell and Jopwell is one of my favorite organizations. They help people of color um, really get into the workforce and they work on getting opportunities for people of color. That's one of the organizations I absolutely, positively love. And there was a woman on the panel, uh, Tani Brown, who said something that was phenomenal that I felt was really, really good in helping you identify who mentors could be. So this is not my own, um, but it's something I'm definitely going to start using. So she said, basically, put draw, get a piece of paper out, put yourself in the middle, and then draw three big circles around yourself. And in each one of those, put what your core values are. So for me, my core values are excellence, resiliency and credibility. Those are the three things that I believe are most important to me as a person and me as a professional and me as a side hustler. And then from each of those circles, think about people who exude and align with those core values. And those are the people you should target as mentors. Because so many times, that was one of the most tangible things I heard about how do you find your actual mentor. So I'm actually going to create a little worksheet for some of my clients so we can start doing this together. I thought it was just so powerful versus just thinking at the top of your head, like, who do I want? Because many times when you look at mentors, it's normally because you really envy or you're really excited about or you really appreciate um, what you see outwardly that this person is doing, but you don't know if they really align with your core values. You don't really know if you want that lifestyle, like that same person who's Instagramming from the beach, who makes you want to be an entrepreneur because now they're making six figures. Um, You don't know what their last year is like. You don't know what next year is going to be like. They can make six figures this year and they can make 25 grand next year and still act like they're making six figures. You don't know what's going on. But if you really look at someone's core values, it really helps you align yourself appropriately. And so once you identify those people, I would say remember that a mentor does not have to be someone who you actually have a call with every single week or once a month. A mentor could be someone that you learn from, from a distance. So for instance, one of the mentors in my head is Miley Teal. I've had the pleasure of meeting her on a few occasions, but like I don't have her cell phone number. We are not best friends. Um, I went on the retreat last year, I'm going again. So like, I've definitely spent time around her, but I 110% consider her a mentor when it comes to my core value of excellence. Because she is the queen of no sidestepping allowed. Like you execute at a high level at all times. Um, and that's what gets you respect, it gets you recognition if you care about that. But also it, is, it speaks a lot to your self-worth. And I consider her a mentor because I listen to her podcast. If she recommends books, I read those books. Um, When she has live streams, I hop on and I take as much information as I can that she puts out into the world and I do myself to implement it. Now, if you're looking for a mentor in person, I say it's about developing a relationship. You don't necessarily want to use the word mentor um, right on. So I've had people reach out to me like, oh my gosh, Kimberly, I would love for you to serve as my mentor. Um, And the first thing I say is like, we need to have a relationship to, for me to understand if it's worth me investing the time to mentor you. Because the greatest gift that you can give a mentor is really listening and implementing what recommendations they have for you. It's not just listening and getting inspired and then going about your business and doing the same old circle of the things that you don't like. You really need to use this mentor so you can get yourself to the next level um, in your career, in your life, in your business um so find someone and develop an authentic relationship so let's say um if you wanted to meet a mentor you and you meet me at a conference um i would follow up with me follow up with me and invite me out to coffee or to lunch or to dinner and then a few weeks later Reach back out again about something we talked about, something that you either did on your own, something that you found insightful, something that I said I needed help with. And continue this cycle of reaching out. Like, you should probably know what my birthday is. Maybe you'll know about my husband. You'll know about my my signature event I do once a year, like find ways to insert yourself. So we actually develop a relationship almost like friends, but probably most similar to a really good boss um, and the person who they supervise. And once you've built a rapport with this person, then start asking them questions um, that would be of assistance. I think in this day and age, I think it's important that we stop going into conversations like, Oh, I just want to pick your brain and get all this information. I want to like figure out how I can be just like you. But I feel like sometimes a lot of people who've invested in themselves, like I have, sometimes I find that a little disrespectful. Like for instance, I just had my signature event this past year and we had 180 black professionals in the room in New York city. Um, and it was our third year and our biggest event yet. I've worked so hard on this event for three years I've hired multiple coaches, multiple teachers to help me execute a strategy to get people in the room and provide a transformative experience. So when multiple people come up to me and say, oh, my gosh, I just want to pick your brain so I can do something just like you. In my head, I'm like, do you understand how much I've invested in order to get here? And you're asking me to sit with you and just give it all away for free? And I don't even know you? it's not going to work that way. So you really, really, when you're thinking about mentorship um, be clear that this is a relationship um, that this person is giving probably more than you can give back to them. And you have to build a rapport in order to really reap the benefits. Um, Don't expect the person to give out all this stuff first. make sure that you know this is a two-way street (laughs) and be clear that it's a mentor versus you actually needing a coach and needing free information right now because if it is then you probably need to hire someone to help you (laughs) all
0: right i think that the first the first tip that you shared was like crazy insightful and i hope that people who are looking for mentors they definitely do that with the three circles but i think everything else that you said is just great especially about you can have mentors from afar and even the tips that you shared about how to find somebody local and please people don't be that person jumping into people's dms and email inbox and being like can you tell me all these things i get that a lot (laughs) Uh, especially around like planners (laughs) i get so many messages from people that are like can you tell me how you made the planner and blah blah blah, and where did you get it done and all the stuff and i'm just like oh no (laughs) i don't know you (laughs) and and it's not even like a i want to be rude but it is rude for you to insert yourself into my communications asking for information when i literally don't know you have you listened to any of my work have you like have you interacted with me at all it's rude don't do that (laughs) just don't do that people don't like it and you'll probably just get no response
1: yes i also think that um When you're trying to be a mentee, also do your research. Like I know some people say there are no stupid questions, um, but in the world of work, and I think it applies to mentorship as well, um, I'm very big on making sure that I do not ask questions I can find the answer to. And I don't care if it took me a little bit more time to find it. Um, or if I have to go back through someone's archives, scroll through your Instagram for a while to find whatever it was, but if I know I can find the information, I'm not necessarily going to ask you that question unless I have additional questions, um, after I found what I needed. I think that really just shows due diligence and that you're really ready to work hard and excel. Um, don't expect someone just to open up their books and just make everything easy for you. I think as... Me taking on a mentee, I really need to see that you are a go-getter, you are assertive, and you are ready to really excel. And you're not going to wait for me to tell you every little step of the way. You're going to do your research on your own.
0: Oh, yes. I, I, one of my biggest things, I think this is one of my core values, is resourcefulness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because yes. I'm very <laughs> resourceful and I google and search things it's also part of I'm just a huge DIYer and I'm learning to accept help but I'm just very resourceful so when people ask me for things at times I'm like you could have googled the answer to that and found it I find Mm -hmm. that to be frustrating because I'm like I google things for answers all the time so I think Mm -hmm. that's something to take into consideration um piggybacking off what you just said resourcefulness and like a sense of personal accountability like willingness to do things and show that you're willing to go the extra mile will get you very very far
1: well i think that's what also makes you stand out in the workforce um and i'm not sure if you have a lot of i'm not sure what your target audience is for your podcast but if you have a lot of millennials one of the biggest things people say about millennials is that Um, And I'm a millennial, I don't even like to associate it with it because there's so many negative connotations. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not a millennial, but I am. Um, People think that you just want to walk into the world of work and be a CEO tomorrow. Like it takes hard work and showing up and being resourceful and figuring things out and not always expecting someone to give you the lay of the land. So earlier in this interview, I said, like, I can work well in ambiguous situations. I just like to know what that end point is. But once mm-hmm. I figure out that endpoint, I'm not asking you any questions. And I ask for the endpoint just to make sure, since it's work and I have a boss, I need to make sure I hit your objectives because your objectives are my objectives. So tell me what this end thing is. And then I'm not coming back to you until I have a strategy of how to get there. I'm not gonna ask you, well, what do you what do you want me to do Well, next week? And what do you want me to do at this time and that time and that time? I'm gonna build it out. And then I'm going to come back to you and ask, is this okay, but I'm coming to you with something. Um, I'm not going to be in your face consistently asking questions that I can find the answer to. Even in my new job now, I spend a lot of time just researching where I can find things and doing little online trainings. I will YouTube. Like I've never had to create a pivot table before, and I need to create a pivot table in Excel for this new report that I need to do. So yesterday, I watched probably a good 30 minutes of uh, interviews, not interviews, of um, videos on how to create pivot tables to get the information the way I need it done. Even though I know my boss could show me how to do it, I was like, no, I will figure this out and it's a skill that I could use later. (laughs) Exactly, see, resourcefulness, it'll get you far. Yes. All
0: right, so we are running low on time. I just want to wrap things up um, with a really quick, three actionable tips that somebody can put into action right now, like today or tomorrow, to start creating a, a career that they love.
1: Okay, three tips. Um, number one, get clear on what you really, really want, not for what you think you want, not for what you think is attainable, but think about what you really want and what would make you happy. Um, number two, work on finding mentors, teachers, coaches, um, professional development organizations, Work on finding resources that can help you iron out a plan of how to get there. Because um, you don't just want to go out there and start applying to this new thing or talking about it and you're not really knowledgeable. This is the world of work. I think in entrepreneurship, there's a little bit more wiggle room to fail fast and fail hard and so you can start all over again. But in the professional world, failing normally has an impact. So you, there's, of course, room for failure. But I think you have to do your due diligence. So make sure you can really iron out a plan or a strategy. And number three, don't be afraid to move. I tell all my clients, you are not a tree. You are not planted in the ground. You can get up and move yourself to wherever you feel is best for you. So don't stay somewhere where you are unhappy, where you feel you are unappreciated, your work is undervalued. If you've done step one and step two, and where you currently are does not align with your vision, then do not be afraid to switch. There's no time stamp on how long you need to stay someplace. People used to say you need to stay at least one year. I used to say that too. But in some industries, especially in tech, you see people move a lot faster than that. And if a company will hire you with your current experience, then why not? Don't put limitations on yourself um, when it comes to your own professional development.
0: All right. So there you have it by Kimberly Cummings, our expert. And Kim, if people want to reach out to you and
1: connect with you on social, where can they find you? You can find me at Manifest Yourself, U-R-S-E-L-F, on all social media platforms or on ManifestYourself.com. All right. So there you have it, you guys. If you like this episode, definitely
0: tag us on Instagram. You can tag Kim at Manifest Yourself. You can hit me at Star Chasers Only. And until next week. Go out there and pimp your brilliant.